welcome to episode seven of Black People Don't. I am your host, Aaliyah KCH. Today is a very special episode because for the first time ever, I have a guest. Um, My guest and I have worked together in college. Uh, We basically have the same name. Um, (laughs) um, And she's going to have her, oh, she already does have her own podcast. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, say hello to Kayla Shea. Hi, everyone. I'm Kayla Shea. Go ahead and tell the people a little little bit about yourself. Okay, so I am 22 years old. I graduated from the University of South Alabama this May in the pandemic. Um, I have a podcast called Strong, Black, and Sad Sometimes. You can follow the Instagram and Facebook at Strong, Black, and Sad Sometimes. Pretty straightforward. Um, It's about mental health in the Black community. So, yeah. Yes. She already has two episodes. Or no. Yeah, two episodes. Which I just saw. Um, I haven't listened yet because I'm trash. Um, (laughs) But I found it. um, And I will listen. And I recommend everybody else listen too. Um... So because her podcast is about mental health, this episode is going to be about mental health. Uh, The name of this episode is Black People Don't Do Therapy. Um, It is pretty much a, a thing in the Black community that Black people don't do therapy. It's changed significantly over the past few years, which is wonderful. Um, but it's been a, a stigma over many generations that um, going to therapy is pretty much taboo for a number of reasons. And uh, we're just going to talk about some of those reasons today. Uh, so I found an article from 2011. Um, it's a Psychology Today article. And they outline about five different reasons why people don't seek treatment. So I'm just going to go along with uh, Miss Kayla about some of the reasons that people don't go through with seeking treatment. So reason number one that they outline is that uh, seeking treatment may be viewed as airing one's dirty laundry, um, which I can kind of see why that would be the case, you know. You don't really want to talk about your own dirty laundry, but um, what do you think about that? I think it totally makes sense. Um, There's this kind of idea in the Black community that your business is your business, especially your family business. So I think a lot of people view going to therapy as telling all of your business, which is something we've been raised to not do. So it's kind of like you have to basically turn off years of what you've been taught in order to actually open up in therapy. And that's something I struggle with myself, sharing my business Um, in therapy. It actually takes a lot for me to open up about certain things. There are still some things that I actually haven't talked to my therapist about because of that idea in my head that it's my business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. I'm not much of a talker anyway, which is hilarious because I have a podcast. Yeah. Um, 
Um, but yeah, telling people my business has never been a thing that I've been willing to do. Um, and I, I never really attributed it, it to me being black. Um, but I guess, yeah, airing, airing out my dirty laundry is not something that's ideal. Um, just having people knowing anything about me is cringeworthy to say the least <laughs> I completely <laughs> understand that I'm the same way uh, I, the thought of it is no I don't like it <laughs> um, number two on the list is uh, seeking treatment may be viewed as um, people seeing sorry I'm saying this wrong seeking treatment may be viewed as uh, being seen as crazy or weak absolutely yes so if you go to, to therapy people see you as crazy or like something's wrong with you or you're weak um, so what are your thoughts on that I totally agree um, just from having conversations with my family members about my mental illness it's the word crazy hasn't actually been used much but with some people I can tell that that's kind of what they think um you tell someone you're suicidal and they think oh my gosh all hands on deck get this girl some help something is wrong with her and it's hard to ignore that and still get the help you need when there are people who think, oh, she's crazy, she's off kilter, she has some screws loose in her head, you know, whatever the sayings you may use are. But honestly, so what, you know? So what if you are seen as crazy? So what if you're seen as weak? I think if you're getting the getting the help you need, you're actually pretty strong because it's not yep. easy. It's not easy at all to go open up to someone about your your traumas. Mm-hmm. so if I'm crazy for that then let it be yeah I, I like what you said about that it is it does make you strong to seek help um, instead of just internalizing uh, all that you're going through and not opening it up about um, any problems that you may have just kind of sitting in what you're dealing with and not getting it out and yeah seek, it makes you much more strong um, there's a influencer that I follow who is a big proponent on therapy um, especially when it comes to his kids he talks to his kids about taking them to therapy and he the way he explains it he's like well if your arm was broken I take you to a doctor so if if something in your mind or your heart is broken then of course I'm going to take you to therapy exactly um, words like crazy uh, that's that's like a catch-all term I think in the I guess in the black community it's a catch-all term for like mental illness but like there's a lot of stigma around like the actual diagnoses of like the specific mental illnesses of like depression and bipolar disorder and schizophrenia and stuff like that yeah do you have any um any uh, experience in like your personal life or family? Most definitely. Um, so I have more than one diagnosis, and 
when I speak on it, I was once told, you know, you're always trying to claim something. And I think that having those titles contributes to the crazy idea, especially if there's more than one. You know, okay, depression, okay, that's already one thing. But you're telling me you have depression and and anxiety? Okay, relax, you know? But honestly, again, if you're getting the help you need, then you're stronger than anyone I know. And I think it's kind of, it would be crazy to me to let yourself, well, I'm not going to say let yourself, but to have these things and not seek help, you know? That's that seems a little more off kilter than just going and getting the help you need, which that's not to say if you're not if you're not getting help that you have a problem, because I know how hard it is. I know how expensive it is. So I'm not going to, you know, say that. But yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, I. I was diagnosed with depression at 13. Um, I don't remember why um, my mom, well, I do remember why, but I went through some testing and then got the diagnosis, but never really went through any like treatment of anything. I didn't really decide to get treated for anything until I was 23 years old. Um, So 10 years of my life I went through uh, depression uh, episodes of depression on and off um, so just it's it's varying reasons of, of, of why I decided not to get treated um, of course like money and me really not wanting to claim depression I guess yeah um and I, I guess we'll touch more on that as we go through the list. Um, let me see. Number, ooh, number three on the list. Um, seeking treatment may reflect poorly on the family's ability to handle issues internally. <laughs> oh, that laugh. What do you got? Um, I think... If it does, it does, you know. I don't think it is a family's responsibility to treat mental illness because let's be honest, a lot of the times the family is the root cause of the mental illness. Um, if a kid is depressed, I'm not gonna put on my glasses and say, let me fix this for you because I'm not trained to do that. If my kid is depressed, I'm going to take them to someone who can treat that. And I think sometimes we have this idea in the black community that we can handle all of our issues because historically we've had to, but it's not always our job. And sometimes, yeah. And sometimes the people in your family are the ones who may be making it a little bit worse or a lot bit worse. Or they may have been the person who inflicted the initial trauma that caused it. So if it reflects badly on your family, you have to you have to think about it. Should it reflect badly on them? If it shouldn't, then don't worry about it. Let people think what they think. And if it should, again, still don't worry about it. Let people think what they think. I think sometimes we're a little prideful and we want to protect our image, but 
people are going to think what they're going to think. So don't let yourself not be treated. Or don't let someone you love not be treated just because of image. So before I started this episode, I called my mom um, because um, when I was younger, we actually did go to therapy. Um, So yeah, I never had like a huge stigma about going to therapy because when I was younger, we did go to therapy. Um, And she um, said we started going to therapy therapy because of my brother. He had a lot of... um, behavioral issues so he was going to therapy on his own and they recommended that the whole family go to therapy um and she was kind of um hesitant about going at first because of all the stereotypes about going to therapy and she was like I don't want anybody in my business um but she thought of it as a as a really good thing um especially all the um all the family trauma that she had going on with her her family back in the day I don't want to go into it because you know that's her that's her trauma um but yeah she she said it helped her out and because it helped her out she brought her 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 babies into it because her babies are going into it me being her baby I'm more willing to bring my future children into it so it's it's a healing process that's gonna help you know generations to come most definitely mm-hmm. um did you have anything else on that yeah I also think you know I think it reflects like just from hearing what you're saying that reflects well on her I, don't, I didn't think one time oh wow she took her kids to therapy what a horrible person you know so I think we just just get those ideals out of our head because when you really hear someone's story and when you really think about it it's a it's a great thing to get your kids help I think that's a wonderful thing your mom's awesome oh thank you thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> um number four on the list is people avoid seeking treatment because they can't afford quality care Ooh. yeah I can attest to that, but I want to hear your thoughts first. Well, I just actually did an episode on this. Um, So, yeah, I most definitely understand that because it's the truth. Um, The facts show it. People with more severe mental illness are usually the ones who are poor or uninsured. That's a fact. And... I mean, it's a it's an unfortunate reality in this country that healthcare isn't where it needs to be, so that people can get treatment without having to worry about the cost. But for me personally, I see a psychiatrist and a therapist, and the copay is fifty dollars per visit. So if I have three appointments, yeah, if I have th- if I have three appointments a month that's $150 a month and and you know technically I could be seeing them more frequently but I can't afford to see them more frequently I can barely afford to see them how much I see them now but um it's it's a very real reason and that's why you can't really judge people who don't go if they can't afford it because I mean 
going broke to take care of your mental your mental health can sometimes contribute to those mental health problems yes. when you have money stress and I'm living that right now yes, um, yes. it's a very it's, it's, it's really hard honestly I, I suggest that people ask questions find out if um, they can find free counseling like if they're in school there's a lot of free counseling opportunities um, see if there's a therapist who may be doing pro bono work if that's even a thing, you know, just ask questions, do your research, try to find the cheapest possibility that you can because it is expensive and there's no, you know, there's not really a way around that. That's just the truth. It is. Mm-hmm. That is, yes. Um, so what led me to finally getting treatment at the age of 23 um, was because uh we were blessed at the University of South Alabama to have free counseling. Yes. Um, so I went and took advantage of the free counseling. Um, I had a very nice, very genteel counselor who sat and listened to my problems, um, asked me how I felt about things, suggested uh, some, some minor changes, um, some things that seemed obvious at the time. Um, it's like, oh, I didn't think about that. Let me make this this change in my life. And then um, I had about four sessions with him. He's like, you want to try some medicine? I was like, oh, well, sure. Um, the student health center, um, pretty pretty cheap option. Um, obviously, the masses or whoever's listening probably doesn't have that option, but there are other options like um the what is it health clinics that's what i'm trying to say um that's my option now i see a health clinic those are pretty affordable options um health clinics downtown um online options stuff like that just there are ways in the age in the age of the internet there are ways um just be careful you know because it's still the age of the internet yeah you want to be careful um i did have something to add real quick oh what's that um joining a support group whether it's online or in person that's a good way to get some help Um, With a support group, usually there's a leader who is a mental health professional, but even if there's not, there are people who have seen mental health professionals who may be able to give a little bit of advice. Now, it's not the same as getting your own treatment, but it's a good, it's a good alternative. It's better Um, than nothing. Yeah, it's better than nothing. I'm in a support group right now, and I love talking to them, and people share good tips, and it's, it's really awesome. It's not the same as getting treatment, like I said, but it's better than nothing for sure. Now, is that something you find on like social media or something or? Yeah, actually it-, it was my friend who started it. Uh, she has a group me and she advertised it in the South Alabama um, Facebook group. That's how I found it. But there are other groups on Facebook, just mental health groups. <clears throat> and, you know, just do some searching, try to find them. 
Um, I think Facebook groups are a little safer because there are more regulations, but I'm sure there are some just on the internet as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, a lot of Facebook groups come from from stuff like that. Uh, that's a good way to meet people too. And yeah. Like form your own little offshoot of that. It's like I trust. You find somebody you can trust, um, and just find like little confidants that way. That's that's cool. I like that. Um. Okay. I was waiting on this one, number five on the list, because this one's a this one's a big one. Number five on the list is that uh, black people don't seek treatment because of the fear of being misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Now, I had a previous episode where I had a psychiatrist. Um, who recommended some new medicine for me um, to better treat my depression and anxiety. Um, Because she was under the impression that the medicine that I had been taking for six years was not doing the trick. And I don't know what I said to her that gave her that impression. Um, Maybe it wasn't doing the trick. I don't know. I always felt like I was doing okay. She gave me the new meds, and the new meds sucked, and she wasn't available to to fix it, and they sucked even more, and I told her they sucked, and she was like, oh, well, they just sucked because you didn't do that. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to that episode. It was a whole terrible thing. Um, but people initially just don't go in, period, because they either don't feel like they'll be believed or they don't have the language to fully articulate themselves um which are both they're both valid yes very um but what are your thoughts on that um like you said it's a very valid fear um as you mentioned the student health center was a good cheap option on campus however some of the psych they were students so some of the psych professionals maybe psych wasn't the route that they actually wanted to take in the medical field so their listening skills weren't as great as someone who actually wanted to be a psychiatrist so I was in situations to where I wasn't listened to and it led to a lot of suffering on my part however there are people who are great listeners and who will understand you. And even if you don't have the language, they'll figure out what you mean. And I think a big thing that we have to remind ourselves is that mental health professionals are humans too. They, you know, they have their faults. They can be very flawed individuals. Um, I actually heard from one of my psych major friends that some of the psych majors were some of the most messed up people she had ever met before. yeah it's it's valid you know but I think to not go to therapy because you may get a bad therapist it's kind of like you know not dating because you may find a bad partner or you know not eating fruit because you may get a bad apple (laughs) you know that 
there's going to be bad things in life everywhere. But honestly, if you get a mental health professional and they're not up to your standards, get a new one. There's nothing that says you can't. There's nothing at all that says that. Simply say, you know, this isn't working out. Do you have any references that you can give me? And find a new one. Yes, get a new one. Um, There are more than one um, mental health professional. And like I said, it's the age of technology. You don't have to get one that's in the city. There are, uh, it's telehealth. Yes. Get a mental health professional in a completely different city. One that gets you. It's important to find one that gets you. One that can relate to you. Um, one that understands what you're going to, one that will believe you. Um, it's important that you get somebody who will listen and understand and believe all that good stuff. Um, to tell that you can get the help that you need. Yes. Um, so with all that being said, um, all of that sounds really negative, but there are pros that I came up with to seeking treatment. Um, I didn't send you this list, but I just came up with this list. <laughs> That's okay. So the pros of seeking treatment um, in no particular order. Number one, um, seeking treatment. Um, number one is the validation of your feelings. You go to a therapist and you talk about your feelings and they validate your feelings they don't say anything that you're feeling is bad or good or anything they just say okay I understand I hear what you're saying and I recognize that these these are your feelings yes and that actually makes a big difference for me personally it's a huge difference when someone tells me that's valid because I have a bad habit of invalidating my own feelings. Um, It's one of those things I'm actually working on in therapy, but just hearing someone say, no, that makes, that makes sense. You know, you're not crazy. That's, it's, it means, it means the world to me. Yes. That's kind of why I initially kind of shy away from therapy, other than me not being a talker anyway. It's just like, I don't want to say my feelings out loud because it's like it makes sense to me but it may not make sense to anybody else but a lot of a lot of therapists just want you to just say your feelings out loud just so they can like help you move forward yes uh number two no judgment they don't judge you at all they're they're not paid to judge you they actually are not supposed to and if you feel like your therapist is judging you you can actually make a complaint Yes. Yes, you can. Um, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Blank period. If they judge you, just find somebody else. Yeah. You don't need that in your life. Number three, it's all confidential. Um, they literally cannot tell anybody else what you talk about. Um, thanks to HIPAA what you say to them will not go to anybody else unless like the police need it for something but yeah unless um you give permission or if you actually have a plan to harm yourself or someone else yeah that's that's like a super rare occasion yeah um so with number three in mind 
uh, number four is that they're a complete stranger. Um, so the good thing about therapy is like you have all this stuff on your mind, all these things you have on your mind and in your heart, and you can't really go to family or friends about it. Um, so the next best thing is just to unload on a complete stranger. Yes. Who can't tell anybody. <laughs> And who can't judge you. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a perfect situation. Because with a stranger, they don't have any expectations of you. They don't say, oh, this is Kayla. You know, she's the toughest person I know. Or she's so mean. She, How could she have all these problems? No, it's just your average Joe who doesn't know you. And it's, it's great, honestly. I love it. And number five, at the very least, you get all that stuff off your chest. So once you're done unloading and you said all you need to say, you just can be like, well, all right. Yes. I feel better now. And now you got a person sitting across from you. It's like, okay, you feel better now. All right. Now we can move forward. And that's the best part, moving forward moving forward and then um, y'all two can work together create a plan of action of how um, the next time you feel the way you feel um, what you can do to either prevent it or um, make it not as bad yeah do you have any other thoughts just overall I want people to know that it's their decision whether or not they want to go to therapy but letting what other people think be something that stops you from getting treatment think about it you know if you if you had cancer would you say oh people will think I didn't take care of my body no you're going you're going to go get treatment you know um and I used a very extreme um example there but mental illness is just like physical illness it's an illness and it needs treatment so letting other people stop you from getting treated from something it's it's only hurting yourself Mm -hmm. yeah that was my little my little spill (laughs) (laughs) well thank you for joining me on this podcast uh let people know about your podcast again um where they can follow it and you Okay, so my podcast is titled Strong, Black, and Sad Sometimes, and you can follow it on Anchor. Um, It's on Spotify, Google Podcasts. I think it's on everything right now except for Apple Podcasts, Um, but you can follow my social media pages, and the links are in the bios. It's at Strong, Black, and Sad Sometimes on Facebook and Instagram. You can also follow me personally if you want to on Instagram at Kayla0914 and I said the uh like that because there's three A's. It's <laughs> K-A-Y-L-A-A-A 0914. If you want to, you don't have to, but I like meeting new people. So yeah. All right. Well this has been another episode of Black People Don't. I am your host Aaliyah KCH. Y'all have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye.